Warning, this mini-movie review contains adult language, mature situations, potential spoilers, comparison to other whodunit movies, discussions, and speculations. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and mini-movie review, Knives Out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and mini-movie review, Sparkin's podcast where we speak about various new movies that just came out and giving you an overview. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, I'm Greta. Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode of this wonderful podcast, and this is going to be one of our final ones for the year. We've got only like three more movies before the year is done. Woohoo! I mean, we have other movie reviews to do, but I mean, for the mini-movie reviews. But anyway, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. And now for those of you who are wondering, what the hell is Spirekin? Well, Spirekin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connected enhanced narratives. What does that mean? That means every episode we talk about various geeky topics. This one's obviously for movies, and we tell you the pros and cons about it. How the characters are, the overarching plot, and if it's worth investing your time or not going to see. Now, you don't have to agree with anything that we say, but we try to be educational, exciting, enlightening, and most importantly... Entertaining. Yes. And like I said, we have so many episodes that are out. You can check them all out on the various sites. And also, you can check out our YouTube videos and see us at different cons. But I digress. So let's get to it, shall we? Because this episode, as you can guess from the title, we're reviewing the film Knives Out, which was directed and written by Ryan Johnson, the guy who directed some good movies and some bad movies. His good movies include the movie Brick, which we reviewed earlier in the Spark and Movie Review, Brothers Bloom, which is an excellent film, and various awesome episodes of Breaking Bad. The one that comes to mind the most is Ozymandias, The Death of Hank. Great episode. And he's directed some really bad movies. And two of them are connected because there's an actor who's in a franchise for both of them. We're talking about he directed Looper, which is starring Hayden Christensen, the guy who ruined the Star Wars prequels. And Star Wars The Last Jedi, arguably the, well, not the best work for the Star Wars series. Kind of did a little weird thing. But this film is more his wheelhouse because where he seems to be stronger as a director is him doing mur- mysteries. So, as you said... And who doesn't love a murder mystery? They're always fun. This is a modern whodunit, which surprisingly was released originally in TIFF in September, but was released nationally November 27, 2019 with a budget of $40 million, and the box office for this is $124.1 million. I think this is doing well. Yeah. I mean, math, but yeah. I mean, in order to make to prove your success, you have to double your budget and have half more. That's including advertisements. So you would need to make 60... Two and a half times the budget. Yep, so you need 60000 extra. And they definitely made that. They made 24 over, so they're a success. Woo-hoo. This film also has been awarded by the AFI, the American Film Institute, to be one of the top 10 films of 2019. So we're kind of excited about that. And this film is starring Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Ana de Arma, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanford, Catherine Langford, Jaden Martell, Christopher Plummer, Kay Callen, Ricky Lindholm, and cameos by Frank Oz and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Who was it in this movie? 
this has an excellent star-studded cast. I'm surprised you had so many various characters that were in this. Now, to describe the plot of Knives Out quickly, how would you say it in one sentence? It's a family reunion murder mystery. I mean, I think that sums it up. It's basically Clue redone. I wouldn't say it's like Clue because the plot of Clue was Mr. Body was blackmailing all of them and their choices were either kill Mr. Body or continue being blackmailed and that turned down to complete clusterfuck of who murdered Mr. Body in what room and with what object. And then depending on the various endings, which was really cool, you know, this is not that. But it is very similar to that someone was murdered and who did it. And because it's in- literally nobody's a sub a suspect and then as it gets going you know all the nobody knows dirt like family all the dirt starts to come out and then it's every single person had a motive and it's an amazing cast that makes up these various family members i mean obviously the murder victor himself harlan thromby played by christopher Plummer, is usually it's the murder victim is like a complete asshole everyone has a reason for hating him this is the opposite he is super loving to his family and the thing is he's the type of guy who is like you know life's gonna be good for you this is a good motor for you and then you're like was i fired yeah and it's he's like everything is well-intentioned even though it comes off kind of pricky and he's super wealthy because he's a murder mystery novelist and when the movie opens Which up... Which is just poetic and beautiful and crazy. Yeah. And when it opens up, he's murdered. It doesn't go go into the, oh, we're going to build this up. No, he's murdered in the first scene. And then it's meeting all the different family members. And everyone has their own motives. Besides, uh, you have his two children plus, their mar- plus the widow of their third child. Yep. Because you have the sister, the brother, the widow... And then you have all the other extended family members, and there's even his mother who's there just because... Why wouldn't you want a crazy old woman and... But she she obviously didn't do it. And then you have the grandkids who won... She could be a linchpin. She could be. And trying to solve this, first it's suicide, but then they consider it to be the... A murder is two people. First off, you have Lakeith Stanford, fresh from his acting debut in Netflix's Death Note, where he played L and was horrible at it, as Detective Lieutenant Elliot. And then you had Daniel Craig, again having fun because he's not playing Bond. And he's... Oh my goodness, I was so distracted in the whole, you know, first five minutes of him when he finally started speaking that... He's not James Bond. He's having fun doing an accent and being weird. He's playing Benoit Blanc, a super detective who is apparently amazing, but he's also kind of stupid. No, he just kind of plays a little stupid. I don't think he plays stupid. He's very intelligent, but he is dumb, too. He's like, you know, this, the, the, notice that he said, the, the pieces of this puzzle completely elude me. No, but. How many spoilers are we doing in this review? I don't think we're going to do a, any spoilers about who did it or what happened, but it just... I need to be careful of what I say, but he admitted at the end when he revealed the killer that he knew exactly what had happened and proved it. Like, he... You feel like he's a bumbling idiot, but he's not, and he knows he's not. But it's, he plays it, like, well. 
I still think the scene of him in the car listening to music while everything's going to hell in the background, that's just show how, incom- how incompetent he could be at times. He's not a Inspector Clouseau. No, he's like Inspector Clouseau meets Hercule Poirot. Poirot. I can never say that. I love him, but I can never say it. Yeah. It, it's For me, It's a, he's definitely a combination of the two with a little Kentucky Fried Chicken general... In there. A little bit. So you have these two trying to solve the mystery of what happened, and you have various people involved. I mean, who is the murderer? Was it the uh, married son-in-law, who is a complete idiot? You have the daughter, who is very intelligent and conniving. You have the son, who his motives are the most straightforward. And then you have the daughter-in-law who's completely spaced out and kind of stupid. Let's not rule out the nurse. Yes, you have the nurse as well. The nurse who is one of the main characters. You have the maid. Like we said, you have the grandma. And then you have the... What was it? Uh, Well, actually a couple of characters who didn't get a lot of places were... One was Walt's wife. Uh, Michael Shannon's wife had no line. She was just there. She had a few lines, and she they they added color, but no value. It just made her look more like a racist than anything else. That's the only thing that they had. She's very. She looked like a. She comes out like a very stereotypical, basic, rich white girl. Yeah, and then the the grandkid club yeah. kind of person. Yeah. And the grandkids, you have three grandkids. The Two of the three have some character development. The last one is just the MacGuffin who's there just to, for a plot device and to make him seem evil. there to be annoying. And it sucks because Jaden Martell, as Bill in It Chapter 1, was amazing. In this one, he's creepy and kind of like an insane right-wing Nazi... But look at who his parents are in this movie. Yeah, true. It's Michael Shannon and uh, this other girl. Like, he's supposed to be crazy. And his cousin, uh, Meg, played by Catherine Langford, is, uh, I'm living off of Grandpa's money and I'm going to college for a useless art degree. She doesn't come off hardcore like that from the beginning. She comes off like... Well, I thought that she came off as kind of... Originally, like heart of gold. No, nah, but she she at the drop of a hat she, she she turned. Yeah. And all of them dropped to that. And the last and the oldest of the cousins, Hugh Ransom Drysdale, played to a T by Chris Evans, is a complete little bastard. And this is him, not Captain America. This isn't Johnny Storm. So this not is, Captain America. This is Lucas Lee from. Scott Pilgrim asshole level where he's just so into himself and just a complete prick. And you love it. He's just eating the scenery. He's got a good bad guy laugh. You know like, he's... I didn't... I, and so like Daniel Craig and Chris Evans, he's... It's hard to like Captain America and 007. And then they start talking and... Captain America is kind of this asshole. You're like, where did this happen? And 007 is sweet old plantation detective. I mean, it like was weird to get over, and I absolutely loved it. I was expecting him to be like to open his shirt with a pair of suspenders and be like, if I was a betting man, 
Totally. You know. I I expected him to say something like, "My pappy would have told me that." Uh, pull out a a cord cob pipe. <laughs> Oh, but I loved every... It was hard for me to wrap my brain around it, but I loved every second of it. All the actors had their... Well, for the most part, like I said, there's some of the actors were kind of let down. The kids were let down a little bit, except for Chris Evans. Um, well, there was just such a huge cast. Like, like they could have done it with fewer people, but, I, but it was important to have, I think, for the story to have... All the generations. Chris Evans' last movie had triple the amount of people in this, and everybody had their moment. This that has no excuse anymore. There was also massive build-up <laughs> for it, and many, many backstories that had each their own movie. So okay, that is meh. true. That is true. Yeah. However, this everybody one, write in and tell Zan how right Greta was on that. Yeah. I have to agree, uh, but. That with that point, I have to concede that point. Thank you. However, this film does well with the world building because you know this and you learn so much about these people. And one thing I did enjoy is when the initial interviews happen, they kind of go on level of intelligence. Like the the first one in is Jamie Lee Curtis playing the oldest daughter, the one who was like best friends with dad, even though now they're having issues and she built up her own company. It's kind of. She's like the the I don't want to say the most well off, but like the most successful. She's a horrible. She's a horrible person. But the most successful out of the kids. Yes, she made her money herself, and she is Basically. just cruel and mean and just like, yeah, I already know about you. I know who you are. I don't give a shit. You know, my father's dead. Blah 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 blah. And then Michael Shannon's like, oh, well, I heard, I heard something about this, but you know, we, we're fine. He's like lying, but he's kind of still there. Then you get to Richard Drysdale, the 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 son-in-law. Don Johnson, he's a complete, he gives away everything. He's like, yeah, I heard this at this time, and then this happened. You, They all know he's lying. Like, it's just, they nailed the family aspect. Well, that's, uh, that's Jamie Lee Curtis' husband is Don Johnson. He's just an idiot. Uh, and then, like we said, um, who is it? Uh, Tony Collette playing the spaced out da- the daughter-in-law. Because her husband's dead. Yeah, the, um. Fortune hunter. She, I don't. No, she. I mean, like, what, how she's an opportunist. She's not a fortune hunter. She's too stupid to be a fortune hunter. I think that she's not. You can tell that she was like even more beautiful, and when she originally got married, and then. No, she's now hippie girl. She's crazy hippie girl who's using the money for herself and stealing money. She's trying to be super youthful and have her own YouTube channel and blah, blah, blah. She's a trendsetter. That was her whole thing. She's a trendsetter. That's what it was. And then you have Ana de Armas as Marta, the nurse who is there for, you know. Oh, you just love her. She's your kind of point of view character and you, you just love her. And you do wonder how she's involved in all this because what's the deal she's the caretaker and they all treat her like family but she's also the person that at the drop of at the drop of a hat they'll turn on her because because she's not family exactly and then it gets further uh i do like the fact that frank oz as the lawyer with that quick cameo he's like yep this is what's going on there's nothing you could do no nope this is exactly how it goes here's how the will goes here's how it was written this that we checked we checked. You're on your own. <laughs> and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who worked with Ryan Johnson on Brick, just doing the voice cameo as Detective Hard Rock was a nice little touch. You had to catch it just there. Now, besides all that, uh, the cinematography is amazing. The The mansion for the house is 
the one you'd expect in a whodunit. Secret passages, multi-leveled, sounds, uh, I mean, dogs, the, everything. The, the, the family member who passes away, who dies, he's the one who acquired the house. His wealth came from being a murder mystery novelist. This is the house you want your murder mystery novelist to live in. It's like he drew from the house to write his books, or he created the house out of what he was doing in the book. Like, it is there. And fun fact, and this is something at one point one of the characters, slight spoiler, says, this is our ancestral home. And the, the, the lawyer's like, no, it's not. He bought this in the 80s. Yeah. From an Armenian guy or something <laughs> like that. Oh, it's hilarious. But yeah, it's a, the house is its own character, and there's a lot of unique set pieces outside the house as well. You have one, uh, I, I don't want to say it's an apartment, because it's like a glass building. It's like a weird yacht house that's kind of cool. It's Ransom's house. Yeah. <laughs> Ran, Chris Evans, Ransom's house, which is just, it's very, uh, I want to say... Entitled? Yes. It's entitled and hipstery and weird. You have a couple of skanky areas, and then you have some nice areas. It's really intriguing. Soundtrack is very mystery-esque. Totally. The theme song for this movie is done well. And I can see why this film has so much accolades. Now, some people I've talked to about this feel that this movie is not as good as it could be. Because they kind of, like most murder mysteries, they lay out small props breadcrumbs and then at the end you get the reveal about how this was done who did this what happened but this is not like that no this one in the first act you know exactly what happened there's no if ands or buts but then there's more going on to it but you find out more of the who could have done it and why and what's their reasoning and oh no and we got to do this and cover it with that and and what's going to happen next yeah and I've got to say, I'm very happy that this movie came out. It's something unique and different. And I'm very surprised that it's gotten so much praise. And I really hope that the rumors that Ryan Johnson is thinking about pursuing more films with uh, the Benoit Blanc character, making him essentially a modern-day Perot or Sherlock Holmes. Yes, please. I will so watch another one of these. I think he's the only character that you need to bring back because everyone else, yeah, you don't need maybe it. Maybe one of the other police officers. No, no. Maybe have uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt back, but don't bring back uh, Lieutenant Elliot because that's specifically for that Yeah. That area. So I think that that would be it. Um, if we had to rate this film, I'm going to have to give this really, really, really fucking cool. It's a great film. It's unique. And if you like murder mysteries, it's an intriguing watch. It's great to see the dynamic between the characters and the overarching story is one that you don't expect where it goes. I would have to wholeheartedly agree. I love murder mysteries. I loved this. There were so many moments where I was just kind of geeking out a little bit. Um, I thought they completely nailed the dynamic of a um, well-to-do kind of wealthy family and the crazy dynamic that ensues. I, I just see it. Go watch it. See it. Definitely. And let us know what you guys think. Email us, spyrocker.gmail.com or zanspyrocker.com. Leave comments below on what you think. And let us know if there is a murder mystery film that you think is equally as good as this one. 
Also, one thing I am surprised at is this is rated as one of the top films of 2019. I was going through some of the lists, and some of them I'm really surprised at, some I'm not surprised at. Uh, I'm going to, for the end of the year, I'm doing a decade review, and we're going to talk more about the other films from this year, some of the ones. Not including any of the superhero ones, because we could talk for hours on end, and we've done reviews of Endgame and of Spider-Man and of various other ones. So we'll talk about some of the more interesting reviews in that end. So I guess that's it, right? Yes, totally. Thank you guys for listening. Watch more movies. This is your host, Zan. And Greta. We're gone, so I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>